Hello, everybody. Hi, um, and welcome to Brainstorm. This is the podcast where I tell you what the fuck to throw away. And today, I'm telling you to throw away your erases because we are here to lead you through the storm of art making. We are two pencil-wielding goons, and I'm going to leave it to the other goon to tell you who they are. Yeah, well, I am Caro Casal. I'm a monster enthusiast, an illustrator, and I'm your wine mom. But Garrett, who? Who the fuck are you? I'm Garrett, <laughs> and I'll just tell you who I am. I am a comic artist, illustrator, bicon, bisexual icon, and I'm in rehab for Chipotle delivery. Garrett? That's a very serious issue that I have faced many a time in my life. I've been, you know, visited by the temptation of Chipotle home delivery. And I can proudly say that I've never said no. Oh. And that I'm still an addict today. Wow. That's inspiring. <laughs> that's a great service, though. Let's, let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like it's like the ghost of Chipotle's past that just comes and visits us, like, when we need a fixin'. Oh, it absolutely is. It's like, and the ghost looks like a sweaty DoorDash delivery person who's just like, oh, I'm for the shit. <laughs> That's exactly right. Ah, you forgot my beans? What do you mean you forgot the beans? Is that what you forgot? Oh my god, the magical fruit, you bitch. <laughs> Oh, yeah but i gotta toot i gotta toot the more i eat the more i toot i just can't help myself um <laughs> well related to sweaty chipotle delivery guys we're gonna talk about feeling uninspired today Kato, would you like to <laughs> would you like to introduce the topic yes so i actually have a little quote for us a little a little uh, thing to set the mood right bring out the candles lower the lights Ooh. <sighs> the quote is by our favorite nihilist nietzsche and it goes like this <clears throat> when you stare into the abyss <clears throat> the abyss <laughs> thoughts back at you <laughs> it's a very moving quote and it pretty much sums up how I feel whenever I'm looking at a blank canvas and don't have any ideas. It's very much like looking into a void and having the void look back. So, you know, this episode is devoted to, um, you know, when you stare at a blank canvas and the white void stares back and erodes your sense of reality till you can't draw at all. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by The Void. <laughs> Folks, this episode, we talk about how to start when you just feel overwhelmed. At least, hopefully. Yes. The Void says thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm actually in a pretty, at, at the time of recording this, I'm in a pretty tight pickle myself. As far as art block goes, you know, with this whole minor issue of a global pandemic, I haven't felt very creative lately. So, you know, not only is this helping you guys, but I'm hoping it'll help me too. Just kind of, you know? Work through my own little art block here. Yes. So, Garrett, I know you have some great advice on the topic and great thoughts on it. You want to get us started? 
Sure. So I guess this episode, we're going to talk about art block and how it feels. And just that when you sit down to do art and you're not feeling inspired, it's okay to sit down without any ideas starting out. But it's all about idea generation and um, how you can dedicate time to generating those ideas. And there are a whole lot of different ways that you can do that. I think art block often comes from a lack of confidence as well. But one way that I tend to work through it is by using my inspiration folder and drawing from observation so that I don't have to come up with all of the heavy lifting ideas myself. Because usually I find when I get art block, it's mostly about generating things that are inspiring to me. And if I can just look at those things and draw from, you know, life or pictures, it makes crossing the bridge a whole lot easier. And then I get the mojo going. Can you get a little bit more into confidence because I feel like that's something that a lot of people overlook when it comes to art making or it's kind of an uncomfortable subject in the room that people don't want to talk about Um, especially issues of I mean to use I'm talking about me I'm talking about me (laughs) but I I know like sometimes when I'm feeling pretty bad about myself or pretty down in the dumps and I'm feeling art blocks and I see somebody else who's where I want to be and I'm not there yet sometimes I tend to feel jealous and resentful and it kind of hurts my self-esteem can we talk a little bit about that kind of how to build your own self-esteem and not feel downtrodden when you see other people kind of where you want to be do you have any advice for that yes i i would say that when i see other people's work and i think that that is an interesting point and just an interesting notion in general because i think i have worked on that a little bit by surrounding myself with people at least following people who are so in my eye light years ahead of me where I'm just like following a bunch of 40 year olds at this point that I often don't compare myself and that tends to help me a lot because I'm just like this person is middle-aged and then (laughs) it doesn't make me feel as bad but I think that if I am ever made to feel bad by someone else's work. For me, it used to happen a lot on Tumblr because I just honestly didn't get that culture very much and it wasn't as much of a community. So my recommendation in that position is just to talk to those artists and ask them tips like a person. Don't ask them like, why are you amazing? Because when, (laughs) you know, they need to be able to answer a question. So you have to like pose good questions to them. Uh, And I think once you realize you're both people, it helps a lot. But you know, I think that if we use use it as inspiration, as a marker of where we want to go, that, you know, it can help a lot. Totally. And in that vein of like things to not say to artists, please, please don't ever say to an artist that I've gotten this before. And there was a point in time where like, maybe I would have been the sort of person to say that. But when you say, oh my God, you're so good. You make me want to quit doing art. That's not a compliment. It's not fun to hear. It's not fun to be on the receiving side of that because the last thing you want to do is discourage someone from reaching their own goals and their own dreams, especially by continuing to work on your own. It just doesn't feel good. Don't say that shit for the love of God. 
ethically you're not a good artist you're not a good person if your goal is to make people stop doing art so that you have the space to do it we all have the space to do art and if as an artist your goal is to have people say to you like oh i'm stopping because of you (laughs) like we want to inspire people it's like the fucking polar opposite. That's like the arch nemesis villain. Yeah. That's what like the anti-artist would do. Exactly. <laughs> it is the thing of the antichrist. But um, <laughs> in that vein, though, I mean, I can kind of understand where that feeling comes from, right? It comes from a feeling of, you know, jealousy, a feeling of inadequacy, and you're just kind of taking it out on someone who is unfortunately the artist that apparently inspires you. But I've been there before, not in those words, but in the jealousy part of like, when I'm feeling down about myself, and I'm not where I want to be, and I see someone where I want to be, part of me is always like, well, what's the fucking point, right? (laughs) Like, I suck, and I'll never get better. Pity party, boo hoo. And, you know, I'll have those moments where I just want to throw my pen down and give up. Thankfully, for the most part, like, And it's taken me a while and I don't fault anyone who still feels this way. Thankfully, I've pretty much like moved past that completely. (laughs) At least the giving up part. But there is the uncomfortable topic of like when you don't feel secure in your own art or in your own self, like you tend to be more jealous and you tend to be more resentful. So what I've started to do is instead of being like, wow, well, that person has so many more followers than me, or like, that person is so much better than me, or hey, baby, I'll never get there. Like, trying to replace those negative thoughts with positive ones, or at least neutral ones. I'm kind of saying to myself, like, well, thank fucking God that they're this talented. Like, good for them. You know, like, they're working their dream job. Like, this is awesome that I get to see their art. I wouldn't get to see their art if they didn't have that many followers. You know, it wouldn't be inspiring me right now if they weren't successful. So, if you can kind of turn this jealousy and feeling of inadequacy into a feeling of like gratitude and having things, I think that really helps kind of mend the poison a little bit. But I think that it's kind of common amongst like younger artists. And it's wild because as a kid, you don't really compare yourself to other people necessarily. You're just like, wow, that art is awesome. I love that art. I want to be like that artist. So I feel like you have to identify at what point in your life, what point did jealousy start to seep in and like self-comparison? Where did this low self-esteem start, right? I think that's kind of important to to think about. Totally. Yeah. And as you have said, we uh, have talked about like, is it whose hierarchy of needs is it? Maslow. We love our Maslow here. Maslow. Okay. Because I would have said Pavlog, Pavlov and he had the dog. <laughs> he had the fucking drooling dog. Yeah, no, he was the dog boy. He was the, he was the Russian dog man. Um, <laughs> no, we're talking about Abraham Maslow. Abraham. Abraham. The good old Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, we talked about this in a previous episode, but he created what's called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which is basically a theory. You can Google it real quick. It's just a pyramid. And at the very top says self-actualization. At the very bottom says like basic human needs. So the idea is that you can't get to self-actualization or like, I guess, your highest form of existence and philosophy and creation if basic human needs are aren't fulfilled like food water shelter security companionship self-esteem etc yes um totally 
Yeah. Yeah. Where I was um, going with that was that self-esteem. There, I know there are five. So the first, as you were saying, at the bottom is, you know, basic human needs. And then above that is like friends and companionship. That's like directly above it. And then above that is self-esteem. And right above that is self-transcendence. So self-transcendence is where art starts to come in. Um, Self-actualization is where you have self-transcended so hard that you are then able to help others and you are then able to like actualize the ways in which you would like to inspire change basically. Of course you cannot do that while still having this like seed of jealousy within you. And I think that jealousy comes from not having enough self-esteem and, you know, you can't very well self-transcend while still being insecure in yourself. The whole point of being able to transcend yourself is basically like letting go of uh, the ego, forgetting yourself, forgetting that your ego is there. And then so while the self-esteem is there, you know, you have built that self-esteem so that you can let go of it. And if you can't let go of it, if your ego is getting in the way of transcending yourself, then you're still stuck in that third quadrant of self-esteem. And it's definitely something to work on, you know, otherwise I do think it affects your art, you know? I think, you know, sometimes you can you can see jealousy in people's art. It'll look eerily similar to somebody else's work. It will sometimes be just straight up a ripoff. And I think until you climb that ladder and work on loving your work and your voice, it's going to be stuck in that zone, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in a previous episode, we talked about, you know, kind of stealing like an artist, quote unquote. Yeah. And the difference between just taking inspiration from something versus, like, directly ripping that shit off. Like, deadass ripping that shit off. Totally. And if you find yourself, like, deadass ripping shit off or trying to be exactly like an artist you admire, like, copying their style exactly, I feel like you have to take a step back and ask yourself, like, well, why? Like, why am I not developing my own style? Why am I so fixated on this one person's style or maybe this genre of styles? What is going on here? (laughs) Um, You have to be curious to that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Even in my own work, I, growing up, like, you can see where, like, the exact point where I was just, like, I had always wanted to do manga, basically. And, like, the exact point where I was just kind of, like, I'm just going to start drawing from my own Rolodex of myself. And it's interesting because that happened before I was able to be confident in myself as a person. So I think it's important to separate these two things in terms of confidence because you can very well be confident in your skill and confident in your art and confident in your ability and in your voice and not be confident in yourself as a person. I do think one closely follows the other. You know, I think once you're able to listen to yourself, maybe as an artist, it helps with yourself personally as well. Um, And vice versa, like once you get really like more confident in yourself personally, you can probably make more authentic art because you trust your own voice more. But you know, I think it's important that those two things are separate. You don't have to be like, 
the most perfect, most self-actualized, most self-esteem, like perfect human in order to create art. Like you, that's impossible for any of us. <laughs> that's impossible. Exactly. Um. So yeah, as that, that's a really important clarification. You also don't have to be just like, the most secure in yourself in order to be an artist because a lot of times people just start doing art before they have the self-esteem part handled and they kind of work between each other like you can self-transcend while you're working on your self-esteem and you don't have to make your self-esteem something that you handle before you even do a speck of artwork they build off of each other and like a lot of times people without shelter are doing art too so these are things that it's like of course you want to have as many of them underneath you for a strong foundation as you can but like at the same time a hundred percent need it you know that's why it's a psychological theory right but i think it is pretty versatile and pretty helpful and if you ever find yourself like in a position where you're just like super art blocked and you're just like why the fuck am i feeling this way like if you're feeling burnout, which to me, burnout is different from art block. I think we could, burnout could be its own episode, honestly. To me, burnout means like, that's it. Like you're all dried up inside. Like there is nothing there. Like I was burnt out when I graduated art school. Like I did not touch a pencil for a good three months. I was like, I never want to draw again. <laughs> like fuck this shit. I never want to draw again. I don't want to be an artist anymore. Art school made me not want to be an artist for like three months. And I talked to a lot of other people and it seems like a lot of people had a similar range of experiences. And that's because we were just pushed so hard in school um, and art was in our minds, obviously, 24-7. So there was never really any respite or any room to breathe. And basically all of our fuel reserves were gone. You know, we had just been creatively exhausted. So I gave myself that three-month sabbatical. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up for not doing art. Like, I need this break. Like, I need to just not think for three months. And I think everybody feels that way after any college or any education of any kind. So I just want to clarify, like, there is a difference, I feel, between art block and and burnout. So burnout is a deeper, more insidious issue, maybe, than we can go into in this episode. But if it's just plain old art block, there are lots of different remedies. It manifests differently for everybody, right? And it comes in varying severities. So maybe you can pick and choose some of the stuff that we say to help you out. Or maybe your issue is completely different. But, you know, I think you have to examine psychological and physical culprits. So make sure that your space, the space where you work, is inviting and clean. First of all, make sure that you have the space to work, <laughs> even if it's literally just a corner of your room on the floor, like it's your space. That is your sacred workspace. So have a dedicated place to work, have it clean, have your supplies organized and nice. I find that sometimes physical clutter can lead to mental clutter and prevents me from starting stuff because I'm just so visually overwhelmed by the things around me that I'm like, ah, fuck it. And I just want to walk away. It helps to have a ritual sometimes before you do art, which we talked about previously a little bit in another episode. So for me personally, it's kind of just sitting down with a cup of coffee knowing like, okay, I just had my coffee. It's time to do creative work now. Creating like this almost Pavlovian response. Totally. Yeah. Like get 
getting the drool ready to eat. Like, <laughs> you're just like firing up the different cylinders for sure. Yeah. So what do you tend to do if for real you got nothing? Like you got no ideas, like you're just out of juice. Oh man. So if I've got nada, if it's just like absolute arctic waste in my head um sometimes it is helpful to turn to technology it's like let's just get rid of the stigma around using technology okay i feel like a lot of people berate digital art or feel like oh it's not real art or the computer cheats for you somehow that's all bullshit it's real art (laughs) let's just get that out of the way and i don't say that from a place of saltiness i just say it because i feel like some people feel shame around it and feel that it's not a viable resource and that if they use digital things or tools that they're somehow less of an artist, that's not true. If there's a tool that can make you a better artist, whatever that tool is, use it and fuck what anybody else says. So listen to me, internet stranger. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> listen to someone you haven't met before. <laughs> Listen to someone you know nothing about. (laughs) So there are a couple examples I can think of off the top of my head. Um, The first would be the program Alchemy. And this is used by a lot of concept artists. So it's basically, it's just a program. It generates random shit and you can set what symmetries you want things to be generated at. So you could be like, well, I want this doodly doop to be duplicated um, horizontally, vertically, like diagonally across the axis, but whatever. So what you end up with are like a bunch of funky shapes that are vaguely organic in nature. And so it's really good for designing like sci-fi armor or monsters or bug creatures. I guess you could design a human face with it if you want to make people cry. (laughs) Yeah. But alchemy is great. It's really fun. You can also use like image generators, like deep dream generators or like um, neural network programs that you like throw an image in there with another image and it mashes it up into like a horrific image you can use that as well or you can just use any digital program of your own choice and start mirroring things start cutting things out start folding things over putting different filters on it i mean you really never know what's going to come out of a piece that already exists you could try another thing that i've done and i've seen other people do is take like a stock royalty royalty free image whatever and just draw on top of it digitally and do a paint over and see where that brings you And even if it doesn't make it to a finished piece, like, whatever, that's fine. It's just a warm-up exercise. It's just a thought exercise. Which is another thing, is I feel like you don't have to get it right on your first try. Oftentimes, your first idea is not the best idea. Or, you know, the best idea that it could be. So, don't put all of this pressure on yourself to get it right the first time. Just think of it as purely a warm-up like you're just kind of screaming into the void here like nothing matters at this point like you're just doodling you're just making shit you're just putting shit out there like it doesn't matter if it's bad good or whatever you want to label it garrett do you have any tips on like how to iterate ideas kind of um yeah i i touched a little bit on like drawing from observation and like looking at your inspiration folder another way that i tend to do so is like if i do start with an idea or if i work on trying to create one after you know a little warm-up then i'll do about 25 thumbnails based on that idea just experimenting with the different ways that i can 
make it happen and usually around like ideas like 15 or so like 10 to 15 there's like the diamond in the rough and like you take that one and just like that one's usually like your prime and from there you can very easily you're you're inspired you know you you work your way to being inspired and getting excited about an idea that maybe previously you were not thrilled about yeah and i think that's such a good point you work your way up to being inspired like let that sink in let that little bomb of knowledge drop and sink in you work to be inspired Mm. yes inspiration can kind of like shoot out from the sky and hit you on the head but that's rare and it's unreliable right because it's pretty random but you can create your own inspiration always yes what i like to do is garrett talked a lot about having an inspiration folder that is so beyond important i've talked about it a little before but Basically, just having a folder on your computer or maybe in real life, if you're a real meat human, (laughs) on your wall, a poster, literally anything. Maybe bookmarks on your phone or like Instagram. Just have a variety of inspiration from all different types of sources. Like it could be like for me, my inspiration will come from fashion sometimes. Sometimes it comes from nature. Sometimes it comes from other concept art. Sometimes it comes from theater or costuming. It just really depends on what the project is and really depends on what I'm feeling that day. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's a TV show. Back when I didn't hate Game of Thrones, like (laughs) I would rewatch that shit like every other month just for the inspiration (laughs) because I love the costuming design and the dialogue and the characters and the hair and everything. But the last season ruined it for me. Oh my God. But um, yeah, so it's important to draw from a wide variety of inspiration as well, because if you're just grabbing from the same pool of things, things get stale really quick. So if you find yourself just not inspired by anything that you've seen recently, try kind of going out of left field. Like if you normally, if you're a concept artist and you normally look at other concept artists, try looking at a fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. Try looking at like vintage advertisements. Or if you're a manga artist, try looking at American comic books or watching a show, watching a live action show, watching a drama performance or a dance performance. You really, really never know where inspiration will come from. Yeah, it's really cool. Like even drawing, figure drawing, because I don't know if I said it this time or not, but sometimes figure drawing can be kind of boring. And oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So drawing still (laughs) fucking like whose name did I say? Fucking like Stella or something just on the ground, like laying around is like not always super exciting. So there are lots of different ways that you can diversify how you're drawing from life or from a picture. Like you can find 3D models of dragons. You can find, you know, if people don't inspire you, you can find all sorts of different things that look three-dimensional and exercise that muscle of like taking something 3D and making it two-dimensional. If that's your jam, we also want to keep it kind of like open to people who practice different types of art forms. And if you guys like, if you're dancers, then, (laughs) you know, maybe you, you look to a play, you know, there are so many dances that are like the nutcracker that are inspired by actual storylines and stuff. So you can really like diversify looking to other art forms. 
Yeah, that's all I was going to say. I can't overstate how important it is to, if you're feeling like mentally sluggish or like, eh, like try going outside if possible. Try taking a walk, try taking a shower, doing some random chores around the house. Just keep your mind idle while you do stuff. And sometimes that's when the best ideas pop up, honestly. Or when you experience new things because I think inspiration comes from new experiences right like it's hard to be inspired if you're just reading the same books watching the same shows again listening to the same music human beings need change and new things so I think it's important like where you can just it doesn't have to be like a paid experience you can just maybe go to like a farmer's market one day or go to a museum when it has like a discount on it or go to the zoo or take a walk in the park and look at fish in the ponds or go through a walk through the forest like it doesn't really matter just opening yourself up to new experiences and looking at new things is really important yes i love that like sometimes i feel like you have to go sideways yeah like mm-hmm. think outside of the box right <laughs> yes think outside of the box and fucking brainstorm that is the mo fuck yeah <laughs> do you have any other tips Kato, for exiting the block that is art block oh well um so Again, like something I like to do with my student um, because she's really interested in concept art and comics and creating characters and stuff. And she often struggles with this, just kind of looking at a blank sheet of paper and being like, oh. So what I tell her to do is just draw shapes. Just get a highlighter, scribble a bunch of shapes or any kind of, basically you just want a light base. It can be highlighter, it can be a light pen pencil, whatever you want it to be. Just make random shapes. And then on top of those shapes, go over with a darker color and try to make creatures or faces or little houses or environments out of them. And you'll find that your brain, at first it'll be tough, but the more you do this, the more your brain can just look at a shape and be like, well, I could totally see a chimney being there. Or I can see that being another jaw or more teeth. Or, oh, maybe that person is wearing like a bomber jacket or whatever the case may be. So teaching yourself how to create something out of randomized nothing is really important. It's something that I'll do if I'm bored at a cafe. I'll just, I literally carry three things, three art things when I go out in public. A small sketchbook, a highlighter, and a ballpoint pen because I don't erase, motherfucker! <laughs> um, so I would encourage you to to do the same. Try some of this out. See where it gets you. Yeah, try it out, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I thought I had something else to say, but yeah, it's really just about if you feel art blocked, really making an attempt to pull yourself out and not just resigning yourself to the waste. So that being said, I believe in you guys. There are all sorts of different ways that you can canvas, but we understand that sometimes you get burnout and you're in canvas land. So thank y'all for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. With with me teaching, like I have definitely run into those kinds of things before. And yeah, lots of times it's just related to confidence and just not having the tools, just like a lot of like psychological stuff. It's like, you don't just find these little tips and tricks laying around on the sidewalk, like ready to, you know, so close to you. It's just 
about to slap you in the face. You can only find these tips by seeking them out, but our hope is that you have sought them out and found the answers that you needed. Woo! So, <laughs> totally. Well, I think that's it. Every time I get close to remembering what I was going to say, it just leaves me. So I will leave you. And thank you guys for listening. Don't go! Don't leave! <laughs> I'm so alone. I just can't fit. Don't leave me! I'm so alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It rubs the lotion on its skin. Rubs the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. Oh my god. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Catch you next week. Until then, stay safe and hopefully this helped you. Catch y'all later. Yeah. Catch y'all later. Don't forget to brainstorm. <laughs>